Welcome to Side Hustle City. And thanks for joining us. Our goal is to help you connect to real people who found success turning their side hustle into a main hustle. And we hope you can too. I'm Adam Kaler. I'm joined by Kyle Stevie, my co-host. Let's get started. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the Side Hustle City podcast. Today, we got a special guest, and Kyle Stevie is joining us remotely from his cell phone. So this will be fun. <laughs> Kyle, are you at work right now? No, I had to drop Charlotte off at Quality Long. Uh, okay. Well, we got Daniel Johnson with us. Daniel is opening an awesome Lego experience down at Newport on the Levee here yeah. in Newport, Kentucky, just right across the uh, Licking River from where we sit at the moment. Daniel, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Adam. This is going to be awesome, Daniel. So, Legos, man. Me and you sat down. We talked about it a little bit, but but tell people about this uh, fascination you have with Legos. What made you want to do the Lego thing? What were you doing before? All that good stuff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm opening up the first Lego cafe uh, in the United States uh, in the Cincinnati area. And uh, the idea just came to me about a year ago uh and ramped up from there uh and uh the the whole thing was just like uh it's really the perfect brand to build a business around uh, it's the number one toy brand in the world uh they sell 600,000 sets every single day uh <laughs> just astronomical right and everyone obviously knows what it is it's ubiquitous so uh the the idea was just like thinking that uh, it's a high quality product and it also provides a high quality experience in the home. But up to this point, there really hasn't been anything that's uh, replicated that experience in a social setting. Mm. And so uh, just thinking about how everything, if, if retail is going to survive at all in the future, then it all has to move towards being experiential. Right. And so that was kind of, it was just trying to kind of solve that puzzle and say, what would, what would actually make, it makes sense to build a Lego store, uh, in 2023. Well, yeah, there has to be more to it, right? There has to be some kind of experience attached to it. And of course there's already that experience there. It just hasn't really been done, uh, in, in this way yet. And so that was the idea was just that, uh, bringing it all together. It's thinking, you know, like, yeah, this, this could be something that, uh, you know, something like uh, a board game cafe or, uh, comic book cafe, but it's a Lego cafe and it's, you have everything there. You have, uh, you know, food and beverage retail, and then also services and experiences. And that was the idea just to get that unique, unique combination together so that, um, it could, it could be this awesome experience that would draw people, uh, out of their homes and into the cafe. And this is a place where people go and they actually hang out for a little bit. They're not just, going there buying a box of Legos like you would at the Lego store in the mall. Yeah. This is an experience. Like you said, this is an experience. It's a retail experience. That's right. That's well, exactly I'm, right. Yeah, go ahead, Kyle. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that it hasn't happened yet because they have Legoland yep. in Los Angeles. They have Lego. They have a couple Legolands, right? Like, yeah. like almost music parks with Legos. Yeah, you're exactly right. So there's there's Legoland in uh, Florida, New York, I think L- LA and, and Las Vegas. Uh, and then they have Legoland Discovery Centers, which are kind of like, a, you know, basically like a children's museum kind of experience. Uh, and they have, they have one of those in Columbus. But but that was really it. Uh, if, 
And that was exactly how I felt about Kyle. After I thought about it, I researched it and I'm like, I just can't believe this doesn't already exist. Um, but it didn't. That and, is wild. Yeah, that is absolutely wild. I mean, this is like, uh, I don't know. It, it just seems like you, you just, it, it seems such like a, it's like one of those ideas where it seems so simple. You're pissed off. You didn't think of yourself, <laughs> it, but it becomes like a huge idea because I mean, this, I'm assuming this is going to be family friendly, right? Your oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And the, yeah, the, it, it blows my mind that this doesn't exist anywhere else with the fact that they've, they've had enough success with amusement parks. They've opened up four of them. Exactly. They have hotels and all this other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing else around you. There's no like saturation of the market. There's nothing. It's just you. That's it. That is wild. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hope I'm, to me, that's hopefully been, you know, that's obvious. I'm hoping that that's one of the markers of a good idea is that it's the kind of thing that's like, ah, oh, man, why didn't I think of that? But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, you know, like if you Lego does have official stores as well, if you're in the Cincinnati area, they, they they have one in Kenwood mall. Um, and you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a great store, but it's very clear to, as from the moment you step in that you you're there to buy and then leave. Like they're not really inviting you in or asking you to stick around for a while, even though they have a couple things you can play with, but there aren't any chairs. The store is very small. It's very cramped. It's very much like a, yeah, we'll take your money and we'll see you next time your kids want something. Um, and so, yeah, it, it just seemed like to me, it made sense that especially, uh, you know, uh, 60% of consumers are saying now that they'd rather purchase experiences over products, uh, you know, uh, and other research is showing that like by 2025, basically if anything is retail, yeah, more than half of the space will have to be dedicated to some kind of experience in order to even draw people in. And so it was just like, this is the way that Lego should be taking it anyway. Um, and so I just, yeah, I was like, well, let's just go ahead and do it. This is wild that nobody, I mean, so the one thing is, is things just keep leveling up. You know, the mall is dying. Yep. You don't see anybody like, oh, wow, we need to go to the mall. You know, <laughs> it's just, it's just not something people are doing right now, you know, and, yeah. you know, to get people into those experiences, like has, where did this research come from? Where did this understanding that we need to move to a more experiential thing? Like who's leading that research? Where did you find the research? Is this the mall people? Is this uh, like a, is there like a retail association or something that did this kind of research? Do yeah. you know where that came from? Yeah. Uh, I, I am sorry. I can't cite the exact source, but I have been doing research and it is, it is just like retail associations. Um, and it, it is just, a. Uh, I, you know, I mean, some of it is obviously common sense, but, but it also is then being backed up by research that it's just like, this is the way that things are going. Um, and the other interesting thing was though, that like, it's almost like anything else, how like, you know, uh, everything's cyclical and like, you know, mm. uh, records come back in as cool, you know, even though they're antiquated or whatever. And, and so one thing that the research is also showing is that, if you are having some kind of retail experience it where like a lot of stores have paired back what they have, that's actually then frustrated customers because, mm. uh, you know, like let's just like reinforces the idea, right. That like I'll go to the store. It won't even be there anyway. So I might as well just buy it online in the first place. And so, uh, some of the research is also saying that if you're providing 
a product line that you need to have the full product line available. And so it's not that, uh, yeah, it's not that you can cut into your product availability. It's that you just have to expand into providing an experience. And so that's part of it too, is that we're moving into 3,100 square feet. It's probably four times the size of the Lego store at Kenwood. That's wild. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like it, it, it's a, it's an investment, but I think it, it pays off. Uh, when you're looking at, you know, Newport sees about 4 million visitors annually. Uh, and, you know, they get unreal foot traffic, the aquarium, the, the cinema is still the best performing uh, theater in the region. And um, yeah, to, to me, it just made sense to, to go there as a way to prove out the concept and then hopefully take it other places. Well, one thing, Kyle, I noticed about Newport on the Levee is you've got a lot of people there that go with their kids and just mill around in that big open area. And I'm sure wherever you guys are listening at, you know, a mall in your town is probably dying. Right. Uh, you know, this was one of those kind of like uh, transition malls, like it was from the traditional mall to the outdoor mall. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly right. It's so hard to explain. I've come up against that so many times. Like, how do you describe it? It's, uh, you know, mixed use development, but even that's not like totally accurate because that usually implies housing. Um, well, now there is. It wasn't yeah. originally built with no, uh, yeah, that, that right. aqua apartment right. complex. And then there's right. there's an aloft uh, hotel there. That's correct. But that wasn't the original thing. I mean, it was just yeah. parking, empty parking lot there. And it was just the movie theater was the biggest draw. And then yeah. you had like a couple Dewey's Pizza was there. Yeah. And uh, there was a couple bars and restaurants. There. It was like kind of meant for younger people and maybe families during the day. That's right. But the view is awesome. Like you can't beat the view. It's right across the river from downtown Cincinnati. So you got this really, really really cool view. People go on dates there. Yeah. People think you can it's look straight into great, great American from it, you know? Yeah. During a game. Yeah. But I totally agree. It's like, I I'm my theory right now is that like probably, you know, like a city, the size of Cincinnati in the future, moving forward, already proven basically is going to be able to support one mall. And we have our one mall, Kenwood, like, you know, everything else has died and will die. And like, that's, that's probably it. There's still going to be a mall in every city because people still do occasionally go out and that it can probably survive. It's not going to thrive like it did use it did in, in the past, but yeah, like it's, it's, uh, obviously things have to adapt to how, to how things are moving to the future. Well, and I think the one mall that's going to be in every city is going to be that mall where there's people with discretionary income Yes, where they can just throw money at something. They don't have anything else to do. Maybe one of them stays at home and, you know, goes to yoga class all day and drinks exactly. Starbucks and just wants a place to go hang out, walk the mall, hang out with their, him, her friends. I'm not going to say it's women. There's guys out there that stay at home too. But, <laughs> but the idea is, is like, you know, you've got discretionary income. There's money to spend. Yep. They can go to the mall. You don't have a lot of troublemakers. I mean, you know, when I was a kid, people would go to the mall, just get into fights. And, yep. you know, those malls no longer exist. That's right. You know? And there probably shouldn't be a mall where I grew up anyway. And, uh, but you know, Newport on the levee is very unique in that it is kind of a tourist attraction That's too. Right. So if you're staying at, you're going to a Reds game, you're coming from maybe Southern Kentucky, somewhere Eastern Kentucky, you're coming from up North in Ohio or That's Indiana, right. and you're coming to Cincinnati. What are you going to do? You're probably going to just walk around. You're going to walk on the bridges. You're going to walk across the river. You're going to go down by the river. Oh, what's this mall that's here? That's right. And then maybe you, you're, if you're there for a game, maybe you got your kids with you. And next thing you know, you stroll into Newport on the levee. What's this Lego experience? That's right. Like, I think your, 
your concept yeah. is something that newborn levy's missing right now because I agree. people bring their kids are just milling around looking for something to do. They got ping pong tables set up. Yeah. I'm actually making it sound really bad, but it's <laughs> not. No, Newport's <laughs> actually kind of. Yeah, they got a bowling alley there now. That bowling yeah. alley is really nice. Yeah, yeah. It, but uh, I, but I do agree. It's, it's like, uh, you know, like my, my daughter. We were there a month ago, and she's, she was like, I want to buy something with my allowance money. I was like looking around there. There wasn't really anywhere to buy something, and mm. so I was like, you know, like there will be <laughs> like, <laughs> like we could be that for sure. Honey, you could buy stuff from daddy's store. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So Kyle, I'm sorry. Go what, ahead. What, what kind of food are you guys going to serve there? Yeah. I, I think, uh, everything, you know, like that portion of it is really, uh, ha- serves like two purposes. And the first one is to be another, uh, revenue pillar, uh, another, uh, revenue stream, uh, so that we don't have to rely on, you know, selling Lego sets as being the thing that we're uh, either making or breaking on. But the, then the other thing is just uh, uh, using it as a way to basically invite people in and give them permission. So so I'm really using it in service of everything else. It's not it's not going to be the focal point because people aren't going to be coming to us for a fine dining uh, experience. And so it's, it's really just, uh, it would, it's going to be more similar to an offering from something like Starbucks where it's just drinks, snacks, and desserts. Um, like drinks, when you say drinks, you mean like alcohol? Uh, yeah, we will. So we're not, we're not going to be a Lego bar. I'm in. in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We're not going to be the Lego bar. Kyle, if you want to take the Lego bar concept and run with it, you're free to, (laughs) uh, but, but I'm thinking just more like bottles and cans, you know, like it's available. And, and just like, you know, which Potle has Modelo or whatever. And it's just like, uh, of course, you know, that's, that's just an easy thing to offer great margins. Um, and people almost expect it these days and that's fine. Like, I, I think that'll be good, but yeah, I, I definitely want to keep it still. Like basically I'm trying to equally market to kids and adults because the place where Lego has grown the most in the past five years is in the adult sector where they've been making sets specifically for adults. Um, and that there's been a, a huge response as a result of that. So, yeah, so we'll be offering, uh, you know, like, uh, we'll have coffee, but we're also not a, a coffee shop cafe because the same thing, like there's plenty of places that already do that. And we're trying to keep that pretty quick and easy so that we can focus on building out the most unique aspect of it, which is that Lego experience. Right. Uh, so yeah, we'll have, uh, maybe more like packaged goods for snacks. And then I think we will have uh, homemade like, uh, desserts. When you told Kyle to take that other concept and just kind of <laughs> run with it, what came to my mind was he's got like an entire bar made out of Legos and yeah. then there's a fight and it just comes crashing down. <laughs> And then they have to hire you guys to come out there and rebuild his Lego bar. There you go. Kyle, what do you think, Kyle? Is that going to be a rough situation at your Lego bar there? <laughs> I, th- I think it would be. I think I'm, I'm a little scared of what Kyle would turn that into. But <laughs> That's so funny. But this is going to be awesome. Yeah. So the idea is, is like you are, you're building this experience for people, which mm-hmm. is great. It's something that I don't know where else I would go. Like where, where else do you go? Is there anything like this anywhere else in the Midwest, at least that I could go to or, and it's going to be right here in, That's right. in Newport, Cincinnati, Newport, That's you right. know, it's, it's all the same guys. Uh, even though Kentucky people 
and, and Kyle will explain this to you. For some reason, they act like they, they, they really hate Ohio. <laughs> Ohio people don't really hate Kentucky, though, unless no. you're in Cleveland. The Cleveland people think, you know, they sure. think it's it's like if they make fun of Kentucky, it's like something. But it's like, no, actually, Kentucky's pretty nice. Like, the entire yeah. state is really nice. Yeah. A beautiful state, nice people. You got bourbon and horses. Like, what else do you need? Exactly. Uh, you know, and uh, it's yeah, but cheap I live, rent. I live, in, I live in Mount Washington right now, you know, like 20 minutes outside the city. And I would tell people I'm from Cincinnati, but someone who lives like literally, you know, 200 meters from downtown across the river would say, you know, I'm from Northern Kentucky. Yeah. And it's like, come on. You're from Cincinnati. <laughs> like if you can throw a rock and hit downtown. <laughs> Seriously. You're, come on. you're from Cincinnati, really. Like, yeah. let's, let's be honest. I think I told you this. My mom, my mom uh, grew up in Dayton, Kentucky. And so I, I can say that. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You have, you can say something. Yeah. Well, I own this building, so I can say it. I pay like $11,000 in taxes every year for the schools and stuff. So I, I can say what I want. Um, but yeah, no, Kentucky's awesome. And and it's a really good place for you to have it. Newport on the levee is yep. a great place. Very family friendly, very family oriented. So you're going to have parents. They can drink That's a little right. something if they need to, you know, uh, you got the kids, yep. everybody's trying to put these sets together, maybe keep the kids away from all the sugar. That's that right. might be a good, a good call. Sure. But there will be sugary treats there. There will. Yeah, if they if they want to do something. But that's right. But the idea is, is you are not just creating uh, a place for yourself. But, right. you know, obviously you're a capitalist. You're making a business. You're doing your thing. You're taking advantage of the economic system that we have here. That's but right. this is economic development for the area. Yes. You're actually helping Newport on the levee. That's that's honestly my hope. You know, like I you know, like the, the dictionary definition of an anchor store in retail is something that occupies more than 10,000 square feet. And like, I just told Newport, like, I want to be an anchor store for the levy. Like, uh, I think we'll definitely benefit from the track of traffic that already goes there, but I want to draw traffic to it as well. And I don't see any reason that it wouldn't end up, you know, like, I think that's part of the reason a lot of out of, out of towners go to the levy is if you search like what to do in Cincinnati, if you're there for a day, it's going to be on most of those lists because uh, the one thing that I finally found, it's like, it is a little bit like something like Navy pier in Chicago, you know? Oh yeah. Where it's like, it is this like mixed experience. Um, and so I think, I think that's kind of the appeal there, but you're, you're still right that there, there are some parts of the levy that like, yeah, it still needs some revivals. Then there needs some, some uh, life injected into it. And I'm, I'm really hoping that we can be that. And I'd love to be like a, a community hub as well. Um, and so absolutely, I'd, I'd love to, to be drawing people, uh, even more people to the levy and uh, I'd love to get involved more in the community. And I really do think that it will uh, just just elevate everything that's already there. Oh, I believe it will. I, yeah. There's no doubt. Kyle, how old's Char? Charlotte's 12. Well, well, you better that. get that right. Your wife could be listening to this podcast. Can you hear me? Oh, you broke up a little bit. Yeah. You must be driving. No, I'm not driving. I'm in freaking Erlanger. <laughs> Even the internet doesn't want to be in Erlanger. Well, you better get you better get can your you daughter. Me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Yeah. So Charlotte, uh, Charlotte's twelve. But my nieces and nephews would love this as well. Yeah. I think, too, that everything that happens in northern Kentucky that's like that could be big like this, which I think it could be, will wind up in Westchester as well. 
Yep. And you draw some of the big curves to it. That's a really good point. That's something you thought of is like, okay, so we're going to make it big in North Kentucky, so we're going to get people from you know all over close to downtown. Right. But then, you know, Westchester has like so much other shit that's like only there instead of like top golf and things like that. Well, I didn't know if that was something like you had on like moving a little bit. We're gonna have a place north and um. Uh, you broke up. You're breaking up, Kyle. I'll let him answer it. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, th- I think I got the gist of it. Uh, and yeah, I, I basically the only other, well, one of the only other places I looked at seriously is that development in Liberty Township. Uh, what is it called? Uh, Liberty Center. Liberty Center. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, I do think that they could sustain something like this as well. And I, I totally agree that there's probably enough distance if, if the concept proves out and, and does take off uh, it, I'm either looking at doing something like that, or maybe, maybe it's a like one per city kind of thing. I don't know. I need to, I need to dig into it a little further and see whether it would be sustainable because the, the other thing about Newport is it's still not that far no. From Westchester, if you're coming down 75, it's just not not that far. And, and it's so centrally located. Uh, and like, I think we could still draw from that area that I don't know if we need to. I don't know if we need to put another one there. And so but I but I am definitely looking at like, yeah, if we can prove it out, I would love to basically franchise it out or or, yeah, basically put one in every city. And um, that's really my uh, you know, you have to have. A BHAG. Have you heard about Yeah, this? yeah. Big Hair Audacious Goal. That's right. Yeah. And and mine mine is like the the BHAG beyond this, like, you know, the the plan for the next 10 years is like have another store in a year, have, you know, 10 stores by the end of year three or whatever. Uh and like obviously this is all, you know, you have to go beyond to get to something. But but really like at the end of 10 years, it's basically to be bought by Lego. Yeah. And I don't think that's too crazy. They, they're actually super engaged with their community. Um, there was an eBay for Legos, like exclusively that was built by just uh, fans of Lego and Lego then acquired them wow. a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, and now it's an official part of Lego. Uh, you know, like they offer an, uh, like a, an open source CAD that's Lego event. Ex- essentially. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's completely free and you can build anything you could possibly think of. And so they, they're very giving to their community. They're very involved in really that's it. It's like, it's basically what we've already been talking about that. I want them to look at it and be like, then be like, this is what a Lego store always should have been. And then just, just fold it in and who knows? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I agree. I mean, I think that, you know, if, if I'm Lego and this thing's successful, you know, yeah. They just let you build the thing, yeah, and prove it out, yeah. It's just like any startup. If you're going to sell a startup, it has to be valuable, and then you have to have a company. But you've already got your exit in mind, and that's what you need to do. Like if you guys were out here and you're wanting to build some kind of a startup, you know, most of us build these technology startups. You think, oh, I got to have a technology startup. I got to have something that's you know uh, scalable, software thing. Not necessarily. I mean, right. if if 
you know, you could make this work in Newport. Right. And then say you do expand up to say like a Westchester, Mason, something like that, yep. or Liberty Center all the way out there, which Liberty Center might make sense a little further right. than those other ones, uh, or even Dayton. Right. You know, Dayton people probably chances are not going to come all the way down to Newport. Right. But, exactly. you know, I already know that the Kentucky people don't want to cross the river ever. So they're probably not going to go <laughs> to your Westchester location. Right. But I could see people from Louisville coming up. I could see yeah. people from Indianapolis coming down yeah. if they're big Lego fans and doing it on a regular basis. I mean, at least twice, twice a year or something. If I'm from out of town, if I'm from another city an hour, two hours away. Yeah. Come down every once in a while. Like when I go on these uh, websites and they're, you know, talking about, oh, uh, what what do you do in Cincinnati? It's always yep. the same old stuff. Zoo. That's right. 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 Go to Reds game. Right. If the Bengals are in town, go to Bengals. Maybe Cyclones game. Yep. Go down and see Fountain Square. Yep. Uh, it's always the same stuff. Go to the casino. It, every city's got almost everything now. Like That's every city's right. got a zoo. That's They've exactly got a, right. I mean, our zoo's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's like the sure. second highest rated zoo in the country, yeah. I think. But at the same time, it's like there is no unique state. There's less and less unique stuff. That's correct. Every time I go somewhere. For sure. And if I see one of the top five places to visit in Cincinnati's is a Lego store. Yep. It's like when I go out to California, I want to go to the Lego amusement park. Exactly. Because that's cool. And a guy from Cincinnati actually developed that, like built it. Like he built amusement parks. He had a an agency or something back in the day that yeah. like designed amusement parks and architect. That's incredible. Yeah. And I remember I was working at Kinko's downtown. He comes in with this plan for this Lego thing. And I'm like, what, the, what is this? It's like, <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Like you did that the Lego. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But I mean, having that experience, having it tied to a brand. Yes. Because you see these like swap meet stores opening up in malls now. Like yeah. I, grew, when I was a kid, we used to go to Northgate mall in, in Colerain. And yep. it's like, you go in there now, it's like, what is this stuff they're selling? Like it's just random stores, no branding associated with no. it. And it's just like, you know, people are attracted to brands. They, yep. you know, they're sold on brands and you've created a brand that's tied to Lego, which, you know, people are fans of this stuff. And like you said, that's right. it's growing with the older audiences. Well, we're the older audience. That's correct. We grew up on Lego. That's it. Exactly. So you, it, you've expanded the demographic. 10 years ago, 20 years ago, might not have been the time to build a Lego store. Exactly. But now you've got several generations yeah. that are into this brand. That's right. So talk a little bit about that. Like, sure. and, and did you have to get any license from Lego or anything to do this? Yeah. And it's funny you brought that up like uh, 10, 20 years ago. Actually, 15 years ago, Lego was about to fold hmm? straight up as a company. And that's something that we like at our age. We don't really know that because we disengaged with it but they really struggled with identity like late two thousands and they were about to go bankrupt. Was it the Lego movie that brought them back from disaster? That was, that was part of their overall plan. They got to a point and this is really interesting. Like there, there are documentaries about it now, like look up brickumentary and you oh, can, Oh yeah. I think I saw that okay. on Netflix or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so they, one of the main things they bring up is that, and I do think this is important for any business thinking about like, yeah. What is your identity? And like, as soon as you start straying further and further away from that, you're disconnecting from your consumers because they expect one thing. Now you're giving them something different. And so they got to this point where they, you know, like they realized one of their issues was the the number of unique pieces that they had. They had something like 10,000 unique pieces. And so what, what was starting to happen was like, they weren't connecting with each other anymore because they were just like, whenever they needed something 
little bit different. They would just make a whole piece instead of trying to build it out of bricks. Oh, gotcha. And so they cut that from like 10,000 to 3000 and their overall production across all sets, which I know is like a little heavy, but like that they were like, they just like, like, uh, so this is like, I mean, this is engineering. Exactly. I mean, you have to bring people in that that's exactly are right. like, Hey, how can we, instead of using 10,000 pieces, how can we make this stuff out of 3000 pieces? Exactly. And that, but that's the appeal. Like, cause every time you're introducing unique pieces, then it was just becoming more like any other toy. Like, well, why, what's the difference between this and a GI Joe vehicle that's already comes built. built. If you're just giving me four pieces to put together yeah, that are yeah. big and chunky. And so they realized like, we have to get back to basics. And that was like the start of them finding their way again. And then, then really the Lego movie was one of those massive catalysts where it was like, people remembered what it was and they did such an amazing job with connecting with the nostalgia of the brand that they had built in that movie. Um, well, they've got a sneaky, they've got a sneaky fun video game, uh, the Lego Star Wars video game. Oh yeah, they're that hilarious, awesome. aren't they? <laughs> yeah, I played that. I would play that with my boys. I don't know when they were like nine, ten years old, and it was fun. Yeah, it was one of those games where it was, kind, it was hard enough to challenge you, but it was easy enough that you could like do well in it. That's exactly it. Yeah, I think I think you nailed it because that was part of it. it was like, yeah, it could be fun for an adult to play it with their child. Uh, but it wasn't too frustrating for the child to still try to get through it. And so, yeah, I, they, they did, they've done such a good job there. Like for like, they were also like trying to get into board games and like, they were trying to do other things. And like the board games were a failure too, because it just wasn't what people came to Lego for, you know, so that's not their thing. Yeah, they tried to expand to into too many things. Exactly. And they got, yeah. Yeah. I can yeah. see that happening. Yeah. And so, so just to get back to, um, you know, like, uh, sorry, the question you were asking me related oh, yeah, to the that licensing, was yeah. licensing, uh, like, yeah, I'm not, uh, directly in contact with Lego, but they are not, they're not just a manufacturer, right? They are a distributor. And so, uh, you know, they want target to sell lots of their product, just like they want Walmart to sell lots of their product. And they also then have relationships with independent, uh, resellers. And so, uh, they have like a second party distributor uh for the united states and so you can establish a wholesale relationship with them um and then they have a fair use policy around their ip that they're like again like we want target to say the name lego and to advertise it and to sell it we just don't want them to pretend like they are lego you know and that's yeah. and then that that trickles all the way down to any, any kind of reseller. And so, so you've had to do research and stuff on this. I mean, this sure. is like, I mean, people listen to this podcast, you know, they're, they're trying to start something yep. that they want to do, you know? And, and a lot of times I tell people, Hey, you know, don't just, you got to be passionate about something that gets you through the tough times, but you can't be passionate about something that doesn't have a market. That's right. Like I can be passionate about uh wigs. Yeah, exactly. You know, or something. Yeah. But where's the market for it? You know, it's like, you know, maybe there's no market for it. So why would I go into that market? But, and actually we had a lady on that was doing really good with wigs. I believe it. Selling them at Target and stuff. (laughs) Uh, But, but it's like, if I'm not passionate about that thing, or if I am passionate about it and it doesn't have a market, see, you are passionate, but it also has a market. Yeah. There's a brand. We've already talked about that. It's established. You did your research. You went out there and found out, Hey, what do I need to do to open this thing? How do I make it different? How do I differentiate it? But then on top of that, let's look at where the trend is going for retail. That's right. 
where can I get ahead of that trend That's right. or, or be part of the trend changing? Yes. And people don't always think about this stuff when they think about, you know, starting a business. If you could give some of these folks, you know, based on some of the stuff, maybe I said, yeah, just give people some, some sense. And you've been in business for a while and you've, you've done some really cool stuff uh, throughout your career, Yep. but get, talk to people a little bit about being an entrepreneur and, and the, the upside, the downside, the, the research, yep. you know, the passion, some of those things that, that you've come across since you've done this. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, uh, I, th- I think you made a really good point about trends, you know, like, the easiest way to uh, illustrate, you know, whether you want to be, you never want to be looking toward the past. Like you always want to be looking ahead. And the, the easiest way to, do, to illustrate is that that is like, if I was telling you right now, I'm going to open up a poppet store. It's like, do you know what poppets are? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry, but like, you're already too late. Like you've already missed it. Yep. You're looking, you're already like trying to grab onto a dying thing that you are now going to have to pivot to something else. Because when you talk about market is the market there, the market was there and yeah. it was a flash in the pan. And now it's going to move on to the next thing. Like fidget Before that, spinners. It was fidget spinners, <laughs> you know? Yep. And it's like, it, uh, you, you have to make sure you're not just trying to grab onto uh, the latest thing uh, that you think is the latest thing, because it, before you know it, it's gone. And so that was part of it was the calculus was looking at Lego. This is a brand that has existed for 90 years and the public conscious. It's more the past 40 years. Uh, and so that was definitely a part of it where I was looking at and say, yeah, this, this actually is something that you can build a brand upon. Um, but it just, it just yeah. it goes back to, it just goes back to amazing. Nobody's done this before because it is a, it is like a legacy brand. I mean, right. Lego has been around for so long. Yeah. And not, and not, and it had so much success with different concepts in terms of bringing people to locations to purchase or play with or whatever their, their, their product. Yep. I, again, I, I'm still, I'm still, I can't, I'm, I, I <laughs> can't know I've already said this a thousand times, but I cannot believe this isn't a thing yet. I know. I know. I hear you. I really do. But beyond that too, the, this, uh, I, you know, it, it is important and we we're touching on it when looking at, if you're going to try to build a a brand or build your own brand off of an existing brand or an existing IP, you do have to be careful, right? Like there, there are risks there because, uh, it's not my brand, right? So there are things that I can't do. That's why it's not called the Lego cafe, by the way, I don't know if we've ever said the name yet. But oh yeah. It's going to be called what's the name for God's sake. It's going to be called the brickery. <laughs> yeah. So, which is a great, a like, great name. Yeah. I actually like that better than if it was branded the Lego cafe. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because now you have a separate thing that you can build. You have yes. separate IP. You have a separate name yes. that you can build up without having to worry about paying them a licensing fee or any of that weird stuff for their yeah. name. The brickery. What's the brickery? Like, and, and it's right. not just about the Legos. It's That's about right. family time. It's about, you know, it's about doing a lot of other things. You know, somebody could have a drink there before the movie or whatever. Yeah. And imagine one day. When there's another Lego movie out, what's everybody going to want to do? They're going to come there before, even without a Lego movie at the AMC there. It, it there's going to be people who want to go there before the movie with their kids right. or after the movie. I mean, you could spend right. a whole day at Newport on a levee now. Yeah. I mean, if we had been open for the to coincide with this Mario 
will oh be my coming goodness. out. Yeah. You know, like that's the other thing with Legos that they have, they have access to all the largest fandoms already. And so, yeah, like they have tons of Mario sets right now. They have Star Wars, Disney, Marvel, Harry Potter, any kind of fandom you would want to have access to. You already do. And they always have like the coolest version of the toy for that brand. And so like all of that's good. And but I but I would like, you know, caution any listener. You definitely do have to be careful when you're working with existing IP. If you were like, I want to, you know, make bangles shirts, you like technically can't. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you engage with them and become licensed and licensed through them. Right. And so there are hoops that you need to make sure that you're jumping through because yeah, of course you could be doing that as a side hustle on Etsy, you know, for a few months at, at a, at a certain level. But if you ever wanted to move beyond that, you're eventually going to get on their radar and they're not going to be, they'll send you a cease and desist they're let you know. and yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell you that it's going to cost you the monies. Exactly. Exactly. So, so I just do want to, to mention that like, uh, and that is something that's unique about this is that, yeah, we are tied to this IP. And so I do have to be careful in, in certain respects. Um, and like certain things, like they protect their brand too, like all of their largest sets they treat as, uh, exclusives. Like I wouldn't be able to get them wholesale through their distributor. So, uh, they do some brand protection there that, uh, is, you know, makes good sense on their end. I totally get why. Um, but it's not, it's not something that you can't overcome. Um, but it's definitely something to look at. But what I found on this journey, again, it, you know, like, uh, I was looking back through my text, like, uh, it was like almost a year to the day, uh, like a couple of weeks ago for me ever like having this idea. And then I texted a friend right away that morning and, um, you know, like I, I had never engaged with like this level of entrepreneurship and I mean, it's an investment for sure. Like you're putting some money out here. That's we'll talk right. about that in a second, but keep yeah, going. for sure. But, but it, you know, like, so there was a huge learning curve, uh, but it was, it was important to see that like the resources are there. Um, you know, like there's all kinds of resources within the city that you can engage with, uh, you know, like, especially if you're going into a brick and mortar spot, that's a whole other beast. Right. Uh, you know, like, uh, it was, it, it totally a, a game changer to engage with a, a retail broker, uh, uh, real estate broker for, for retail or for commercial. And then, um, you know, on top of that, it was, but part of it was like, you know, just, I, th I would think it came across that this was something I actually believed in that I had done the work or the research and like, uh, you know, I, I engaged with one of the largest establishments in the city and they took me seriously the whole time, you know, like North American the, properties, right? Yeah. I and mean, that's, that's who owns the, yeah, the, that's right. the Newport and Levy. Yeah. You know, like, and like, you're doing them a favor, whether like, I, let's be honest, <laughs> you're doing them a favor. I know, but, but, for, but there's that, there's always, you know, like, it, like with anything in life, there's that imposter syndrome where it's like, I'm just some guy who mm -hmm. had an idea. Like, why are they taking me so seriously? But you know, like instead of psyching myself out or being like, you know, this is crazy. Like it was just like, yeah, maybe this is a good idea. And, and I really kept coming back to, and I, I'm not trying to say it in a denigrating way, but it is just the actual truth. It's like dumber people with worse ideas are opening businesses. Oh, that's 100% true. Every that's single 100% true people. It just, that's, <laughs> it's, it's true. So it's, if they could do it, why not me? You know, like, yeah, like someone I like, 
I don't know. And I'm sorry if, if you're listening to this dude, but someone opened up like a beef jerky store in Westchester. And like, I'm sorry if he was your friend, but uh, nope, like, I, don't, I don't know any beef jerky. People. Sure. sure. I don't drink. <laughs> yeah. Like shock of all shocks. It's not there anymore. You know, like, I don't know if, if the market demanded a standalone beef jerky store, like that's what it was. Yeah. And it's like, but someone like they put all the time, money and, and all of their resources into doing that. It's like, this is not a beef jerky store. I don't even so. know how you turn that into an experience. Like, I mean, <laughs> it, it actually goes back to your point that yeah. if it's retail, it needs to be an experience. Yeah. And I can't see, I can't even think, and I'm pretty good at like just putting things together sometimes. Like, yeah, I can't think of how you turn beef jerky into an experience. Like, I, I guess you could dehydrate it there yourself, but that takes hours. So it's not that, it not takes that too long. You're gonna sit experience. there and watch. You're gonna sit there and watch beef jerky <laughs> dry. dry out. It's like watching paint dry. Watching paint dry. <laughs> I don't. How do you turn that into something? But yeah. So I mean, I mean yeah. you're you're doing Newport and Olivia a favor. I mean, this is going to be an experience. This is going to be something people take their kids to. They sit down with a set, right? Yeah. Like they can open up a Harry Potter set. Yep, that's right. And, and build. Hogwarts right there with their family That's and they can, exactly right. they can actually rent time and rent the set. That's right. They don't have to buy the set. Mom and dad, you don't have to go home and worry about toys being all over the floor and worry about stepping on Legos. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about that. Yeah, Just well, go in here and, and rent the set. Leave what? the mess with us. Yeah. And they'll actually do it. But we also talked, uh, by the way, how much is that? Like uh, what's it? Talk, let's talk a little bit about like pricing. Yeah. Like, I mean, for sure. That's, that's a big part of it is that, you know, like, I don't know if you look lately, but Legos are super expensive. They really are like, there's no way around it. Uh, like the Hogwarts castle, which is huge. It's, you know, it would basically take up this whole table. Uh, but it's five, it's literally $500, you know? Woo. Yeah. It, you know, you get, you get 5,000 pieces. So then they're the, usually the, the, uh, the math that you're supposed to do on it on it is like, if it's 10 cents per piece, which is what that comes out to, right. Then that's pretty good value if you're into Legos, but you know, like, yeah, if you're not, that's a $500 for a toy, regardless of, of, for many people. And so, uh, that was part of it too, where it was like, yeah, like I don't, a lot of people don't know if they want to invest that much in something like this. And so, uh, yeah, maybe if it was the Hogwarts castle, if we had like, we would treat it almost like an escape room. Uh, where, you know, like you have your group of four to six people and you could be building it simultaneously. And then, you know, maybe it's $25 per person, but you know, like if you love Harry Potter, but you're like, I don't know where I put that. And I don't know if I want to spend that right now. And you have other friends that do as well. Then it's like, yeah, you can just come and, uh, do it in the cafe for a few hours and then boom. Uh, I could see I could see you having little speed competitions. Oh, too. for sure, like, uh, for sure. Individual and team competitions and absolutely make it, like a, make it almost like a league. Yeah, like Tuesday night, Tuesday night league night or whatever. Yeah, that that I love that idea. Uh, basically, we I was thinking of of essentially doing that, like just like a spin on like trivia night at a bar, where it's like instead, yeah, it's like you have five teams, they each have a pile of Legos on their table, and you're like, all right, you got five minutes to make the best house you can make. And then let the cafe vote on which one they like the best or whatever, you know, like just make it yeah. like a, almost like a game show. And, um, that's the thing. Like it's a, it's a fun brand. So like the, the possibilities are endless. 
Well, you're even working on some technology yeah. around Legos. And I don't know if you want to talk about that, if, yeah. you're, if it's like a secret or whatever. But no, when fine. we mentioned Harry Potter, I thought of the sorting hat. And then I thought of our conversation <laughs> about your technology, your yeah. sorting technology. Yeah. yeah, I had a meeting with someone yesterday. And like, that was the one thing that comes. It's like, how is this, how is this defensible, right? Like, which is a, which is a, a part of business, right? It's, sure. it's like, uh, you know, someone opened up the first axe throwing place. And like, how many are there now? It's like, who, who, who else doesn't know how to buy axes and plywood? Like it's not, there's not that much that's actually unique to it. So you I have know how to many are not open anymore. Exactly. Was, yeah. That's exactly right too. Is that like, that's an, that's another thing that it could be a fad. And so, um, you, yeah, you have to, you have to make sure you're not just doing the thing that everyone else is doing. And so, uh, but, but in talking about it, making it defensible, I think there is a lot of technology that can be leveraged these days. Uh, especially like we talked about it, uh, talking about, uh, the thing that everyone's talking about AI and, and machine learning. Um, and there's a lot that could be leveraged there. I mentioned it before the Lego CAD, uh, there's actually already proofs of concept, uh, on YouTube or in other places where people have built automatic Lego sorting machines, um, using things like, uh, TensorFlow, which is a machine learning uh, language and then just using actual Legos to build the machine because they're super robust. Any, any school that has a robotics club, they're using Lego. That's true. It's, yeah. I've seen it. Yeah, they totally do. It's easy and immediate. Um, and you just get results quick from it. And so you can, you, that's the nice thing about Lego. If you don't have it you could build it out of, out of what you uh, are already working with. And so, yeah, you build this machine and, and that would be one place where I think we could, uh, add some defensibility that would be a little bit harder to replicate is to um, have some kind of automatic sorting machine that would help us to to cut down on the the human capital cost. But but more, I would almost treat it as a, a spectacle, as something that like, uh, you know, classes could come for field trips and see how it works. And we could talk about how it works and how we got it up and running. Um, but then beyond that, too, I think uh, there's also an app right now called Brickit that I'm hoping to partner with. And it's amazing. Like you dump a pile of Legos on the table, take a picture of it. It will scan the picture and then we'll instantly tell you how many Legos there are exactly to the number. Then it will tell you exactly how many of each you have right there in the pile. And then it'll tell you, it'll give you a list of 10 different things that you could build with that pile of Legos that you have in front of you. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dude, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you can, you could tie that into potentially hardware. That's right. Yeah. That's, oh, that's really cool. That would yeah. make it. And if you had like an exclusive that's agreement it. with them or something. That's right. Oh, you would, you would be doing really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking at Man. that and then, and then that is somewhere like things like that then could also might maybe tie into a subscription model because obviously having some kind of uh, passive recurring revenue is what everyone's looking for. Oh, these days. you should totally have the, a club. Exactly. That people join like a, a Lego builders club That's with right. classes yep. and they come in and they get, yeah, so many hours or something a month that they can come yeah. in and do their thing. They get a free drink. That's right. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. So I, I think that there's a lot of opportunity there. Uh, we just have to make sure. And that, that was the thing again. I was just like, I wanted to provide this high quality experience that matched what Lego's already doing. Like there are, they, about 10 years ago, they tried to trademark the brick itself. Oh, uh, they already have a patent on it, but they tried to trademark it. And 
basically they lost. That's wild. And how did Ohio State get the like they they exactly. they trademarked the word the I know and Lego can't even trademark the brick. I know they made it. Well, they didn't. They, they that's another story. But uh, but yeah, they they couldn't. And so like uh, everyone knows, there's already like mega blocks or there's there's the knockoffs. But there are there are literally probably a hundred knockoffs at this point. Uh, there you know there are countless Chinese knockoffs of Lego that are a fraction of the price. If it's Hogwarts Castle, then they call it Wizard's Castle, and it only costs a hundred dollars, but it's just as many pieces. But why have they persevered? Why have they sustained throughout this? It's because you they're, you can't match the quality. You just can't. I don't want your bootleg Wizard Castle. That's right. You got to have the Harry Potter Castle. That's and who's right. going to get the licensing deal? That's exactly it's it. It's going to be right. Lego. That's right. But but it's still like you can even feel it instantly. You can feel that it's inferior, like if it's a knockoff Lego. And it, it feels so silly, but that kind of ties into it. Like I was I was uh, watching an interview with Howard Schultz where it was like, uh, the, the, uh, Starbucks CEO. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't the con- congressional hearing. Yeah. No, no, this no, was, that one. Okay. This was before <laughs> all that. He was just saying, you know, like he, he, uh, he prefers to be in the luxury space because price is a losing game. Like you just, you're not going to be able to, yeah, you're going to keep going down, keep you're dropping pricing your price, dropping yourself your out of business. It's it. Like that's, it's a, it's a losing game. So like if you're, if you're living in the luxury aisle, where it's like, you know, you'll have a million coffee snobs tell you that there's a million coffee places that make better coffee than Starbucks. But why, why are they on every single corner? It's, it's because they've, they've branded themselves as this luxury brand and they're able to still charge, you know, $6 for a coffee. And they have a subscription model and they have a subscription model. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I get so, alerts on my phone all the time that if I buy two coffees on exactly. Tuesday or something that I'm going to get an extra hundred points that's and I'm right. like, Oh, that's not bad. That'll come <laughs> in handy when I'm at a, when I'm down at a Disney or something and I need to get a cheap coffee, my points. Thanks for gamifying my caffeine addiction. That's exactly. Yeah. And sugar, which <laughs> yeah, they're the sure. biggest drug dealers on earth. Let's uh, be honest. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I just think, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that, that you want to be aware of. And like, you need to think about, yeah, how do you want to engage um, in, in the space that you're trying to engage? But, but like when thinking about being an entrepreneur, the, the thing that's really just uh, been so amazing about this journey has been, you know, like I was also a part of the corporate world for, for a decade and uh, the diff, the main difference. And this was my issue with it was that, is that like, you know, the amount of effort that you put in, in a corporate world, like the output is never going to be the same. I mean, I threw up a little bit in my mouth when uh, you said corporate world, I, was, I just I almost, my stomach churned it, and then I got sick. It's the <laughs> absolute worst. It's the worst. And it's like, yeah, like everyone knows, everyone knows, like we all know that what we're doing is basically useless. If you're a cog in this massive machine, and if you stop doing it, basically nothing would change. That's a terrible feeling. It really is. And like, that is part of that, like that where like it's, it just feels like toil, like, which is just doing something for nothing. And Did you ever read that report? I think it was a college professor or somebody put it out that said like a certain percentage of employees at a big corporation are essentially useless. Yeah. Like they're just there to, to beef up the numbers and make the company seem like it's bigger or something like I mean, that. The, did the tech industry just prove that? Like, 
One hundred percent. AI they just, just laid off two hundred fifty thousand people in the past three months, and somehow all these companies are still operating. Uh, AI is writing their code. Well, uh, yeah, and even I mean, before he, that, Elon. Though. I mean, he came out and said it. He was like, "Look, it's like, oh, for it sure. turns out, uh, you know, there were three times as many people at Twitter than there needed to be." That's right. Twitter's still running right now, and now somehow it's a political thing. I don't get it. Well, but they sure. didn't need to be there. They didn't need to be there. That's right. But that that's that issue where it's like, you know, if I put in fifty percent or I put in ninety percent. It's not going to move the needle either way. So why would I put in 90%? And that's just trying to get back to say what I've found in this journey is that, yes, of course, it's been a ton of really hard work and it's going to, it's only going to get worse, you know, like until eventually it will get better, but, but it's not going to be worse because the difference is I get out of it exactly what I put into it Mm. when it's my thing. Right. Yeah, I could like I could not do this, this and this and they won't get done and then the business will suffer or I can do do these things because I know how they're going to impact the business. And as much effort as I put in is exactly what I'm going to get out. And that is so satisfying. Yes, it really is. That's 100 percent true. And I think that's what drives a lot of entrepreneurs. And the thing that's interesting to me about your business. So what you just did was. We're going into a recession or a lot of people say we've been in a recession yep. and two economic sure. quarters of negative GDP. Yep. But some people doubt it. Yep. Um, but people have less money. That's right correct. now at this moment. You could say you can argue recession or not. True. People got less money. That's correct. Do I get that Kings Island membership? Do That's I right. take my kids to Kings Island on a day pass and spend, you know, a hundred dollars a head with food and everything? Yeah. Four people There's 400 bucks. That's a $400 day. That's right. Do I take them to Newport on the levee? Yep. Go in and sit down for a couple hours and, and try to build the Hogwarts castle, maybe four hours for the Hogwarts castle. Sounds, sure. Sounds it, like some time involved there. It would definitely be an investment. Yeah. And then go see a movie. That's right. And, and spend less money. And then also at the same time, instead of spending $500 on that set, yeah, I can come in the kids crying. I want the set. I want the set. Yeah. Just sit down and let's just do it. Yeah. And then maybe the kid spends half the, you know, an hour doing it and gets bored with it or something and wants to leave. Well, That's good right. thing I didn't spend the $500 exactly. on the set, right? Like what were, what was I doing? I was about That's to spend all this money, you know, but whether or yeah. not they do it or the kid loves the set. Yeah. That's, that's, right. that's the other thing. I love it. Yep. Hey, we spent an hour doing it. We'll finish this up at home. Give yep. us the $500 set and off we go. That's right. But you, this is changing things for people, right? That's this right. is, this is giving people other options for entertainment. Yes. That is also at the same time an economic development play for the city of Newport and Newport on the levee in particular. Yeah. Uh, that's drawing people in and giving them another thing to do in Cincinnati. And I think it's freaking brilliant. I appreciate it. I really do. I, I, another thing there is accessibility where it's like, you know, that is so far out of the range for so many families that I do like, uh, to come in at a lower price point where they can play with it without having to buy it. Like I'd love to make Lego in general, more accessible to, to, uh, underserved families or communities where, uh, yeah, it's probably not something that they typically get to play with. And oh, so that's true. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I like, I'd play with people in my apartment buildings, Legos, cause we never had any Legos, sure. really, you know, exactly. Yeah. So I, I think there's just a lot there where it's, uh, you know, I, I'm hoping that it's a, it's a net good for the community and, um, and yeah, I just want it to be, be something that's, uh, you know, beyond just this, like, I don't want it to be the next ax throwing. And I, I, I think hopefully the difference is that, yeah, this is a brand that's endured and, um, 
and is, is in the public psyche in general. Uh, and, and then this is going to be something that it's going to be more like, uh, you know, like more, something more like Starbucks where like no one knew they needed to go out and spend $6 to buy coffee because they're brewing folders. They still don't, but, <laughs> but they've now found that they enjoy that experience. Don't. I yeah. hear you. Right. Yeah. But but they found that that they enjoy that experience. And then that's something that has now endured and, and has, has uh, grown in general uh, as, as something that's just a part of our public fabric now. Well, Kyle Stevie wants to know when he can get down there with his daughter <laughs> and start building some Lego. So, yeah. so when, when do we, uh, when do we get to go down there? When do the doors open? That's a great question. I'll, I'll just tell you real quick. We, we just submitted for permitting this week. We are actually still pre-construction. The space used to be Claire's in the main building, and so now it's it's basically a gutted uh, area. And so we do have construction still ahead of us, but uh, it's not nothing too crazy. So we're, we're looking at eight to 10 weeks after uh, permitting gets approved. So right now that's putting us hopefully at the end of July. Nice. Um, and if not, then then hopefully August or, or if not, then then it should be August. And so, yeah, we're hoping to be open before the end of the summer for sure. Man is awesome. Well, Daniel, thanks yeah. for being on the show, man. This has yeah. been great. Uh, you know, is a website, anything yeah, else people can sure. just kind of make plans. I mean, based on that timeline, like yes. if I, they go to the website, they can check it out, learn a little bit more. Absolutely. Yeah. So you can go to, to the brickery uh, and then, uh, we will have, uh, you know, we're going to have birthday parties there as well. So if that's something you want to, to look into, uh, we don't have a booking system up yet on the website, but we will ahead of opening. Um, and then in addition to that, we're super active on social media, uh, but not in a way that's super annoying, <laughs> just trying to, to uh, lighten your day a little bit. And so, yeah, if you want to follow us anywhere, Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok, uh, Twitter, then you can just uh, look for The Brickery Cafe and we should come up. Daniel has been awesome, man. Yeah. Daniel Johnson, guys, entrepreneur of The Brickery, going to be an awesome, fun experience for the family. You guys get down there and check it out. Thanks, Daniel. Yeah, thanks. I'm excited. I still cannot believe this is an event. Like soon, I, I Kyle. Like every every parent who's listening to this right now is like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Nobody's done this yet." I know, I know. I'm sorry. Soon, Kyle. Soon, Kyle. Cool. Well, Daniel, thanks a lot, Kyle. Thanks, and uh, yeah, get back home safe, man. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Side Hustle City. Well, you've heard from our guests. Now let's hear from you. Join our community on Facebook, Side Hustle City. It's a group where people share ideas, share their inspirational stories, and motivate each other to be successful and turn their side hustle into their main hustle. We'll see you there, and we'll see you next week on the show. Thank you.